Welcome to the Scatterbook Podcast. This is Casey Sigler, and this episode is brought to you by Joe Darling Photography. Joe Darling Photography is made up of a husband and wife team, Sarah Joe and Peter Cabbage. They're based right here out of Memphis, Tennessee, but they are destination photographers, sitting on go and excited to capture your life's biggest moments wherever they might take place. Joe Darling specializes in weddings, engagements, elopements, and lifestyle photography. They produce beautiful images that perfectly capture the emotion of your household, your big event, and your people and your personality. I've had the absolute joy of having Joe Darling document my family several times over the past few years, and I can tell you, I have never been disappointed in their work. They have given us pictures of our home and family that I will treasure forever. And they're so good at making sessions fun, getting us to all really just be ourselves, so we end up looking really beautiful and candid even in our photos so our family doesn't look just like stifled or or overly posed but like who we are. I cannot recommend Joe Darling enough. To find out more and book a session, go to their website at joe that's j o darling d a r l i n g photography.com. joedarlingphotography.com and tell them that the Scatterbook podcast sent you. In today's episode, I get to sit down and talk to my friend Candace Obadina. Candace is a longtime educator. Um, she's also just a really inspiring woman. I think as you listen to the interview, you'll understand how thoughtful she is and um, what wisdom she has to offer. I feel like every time I get to sit down and really have a conversation with her, um, she uh, just drops these nuggets of wisdom that make me want to go get a pad and, and pen out so I don't forget what she said. And she's also just, um, she's just a great friend. She's just so encouraging. And I knew that I wanted my listeners to feel as encouraged as I always feel when I get to talk to her. Candace and I talked today about education, about cultivating a creative spirit, um, not only in, uh, for for us, the children that are around us, but in our own lives as adults, as wives, as mothers, how we can um, and should continue to cultivate uh, creativity in our own lives. And I hope you just enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. I haven't seen Candace's face for a couple of months because of quarantine, but man, I sure did love hearing her voice. So enjoy. How would you, how do you introduce yourself, Candace? If I was in college, I would say my name is Candace Opina, and I hail from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Indianapolis, Indiana. Because I was a college grad, but I now I'm Candace Obadina. I am from Indiana, now residing in Memphis with my family of three. Uh, my husband Lonry, who. We met in college and have been married now for seven years and our lovely six-year-old daughter, Erin Isle. I enjoy reading. I enjoy being in nature. I enjoy good conversation and playing games. And professionally, I have primarily worked in youth development and program development, I guess, program design, um, and education. And 
I love Jesus and am grateful mm. to know about the great gift of salvation that he offers and the relationship that he desires to have with me and have had two decades worth of a journey mm. of knowing him and getting to know him more so I don't know if I'm going to say edit all of that out so but that <laughs> I know I love that but Listen, yeah. I a few things about you um that have always struck me and I think compelled me to want to interview you on this podcast is that um it is so evident from who you are that um you are about Jesus um, and you're, you're very intentional. You're so intentional in your communication um, with everybody. Um, and just your heart for Christ is, is really behind that, I feel like, because you're just very um, thoughtful in how you communicate with other people. And because of that, um, whenever we get to have a good conversation with each other, um, I always walk away feeling very... Um, exhorted. I think that's the right word. I just, I feel very encouraged because I know what you say um, has been so thoughtfully considered before you say it. And um, so that's, that's really why I want it. I think that was a perfect introduction of who you are because that is why I, I wanted to interview you, Candace. You, you're so um, thorough, I feel like, in your considerations about how you practice life, how you practice um, your faith, and how you um, practice education in your home and as a parent. So um, I think that's the perfect introduction. Praise God, and thank you for your kind encouragement (laughs) and response. So you work as a program consultant, Right now, which you, I think you just kind of described as you design programs. Build out new initiatives for organizations, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you've also worked as a camp director. Um, are you still currently doing that in the summer? I know this summer is kind of strange, but are, do you still do that for MTR? No, I transitioned okay. several years ago, but okay. I love what they're doing and mm-hmm. love the camp world. And I'll be, even this summer, there's a camp, a virtual camp with a community organization that I'll pop in and serve a little because camp is one of the greatest inventions in all of human life. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. Um, So Candace worked for an organization called MTR here in Memphis. Do you, you know, I mean, I could give a brief overview, but do you have like a elevator speech about what MTR is? Not the dust, it's rusty, uh-huh. is all I did for yeah. many years. But the MT- Memphis Teacher Residency, the mission is to express Christian love through equal education. And so they have a community based strategy to train teachers and place them in specific communities in order to build critical mass partnering with other fabulous and Mm -hmm. effective educators who are already in our school system to ensure we have quality outcomes 
for students who are being educated in Memphis City Schools, aka Shelby County, and all the great charters that exist. And so MTR has two programs, the residency, which offers the master's in urban education, and it's completely free. It's a four-year commitment to Memphis. You earn your master's in one year while you teach, and then you commit to three years of service. And then the other program, which is the one I launched, was uh, is, I guess, MTR Camp, which is a summer internship for college students. And the idea is to give them real classroom experience before they commit to teaching full-time in order oh. for them to determine whether or not that's the profession they want to go into while also addressing a great need in education, which is summer learning regression, yeah. which um, is real it's, it's and so real. unfortunate. And we need to keep kids learning throughout the summer and sparking um, just a love for the learning process. So that's what camp is that's and so what I had a the privilege of building out while I was working with MTS. So what ages were the students at those camps in the summer? Were they just all through elementary or? We served rising first through third graders. Oh, that's great. I would assume that's probably the most critical. Those are the most critical grades to keep momentum going in the summer. Mm-hmm. Especially those reading. All the, all the grades are important, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. MTR, even this summer, they launched something with the Civil Rights Museum for the summer. Um, and it's a STEM focus. So I think we started small, but definitely with the vision of mm. expanding and reaching as many kids as possible to get them excited to learn in the summer. So you, um, you probably have so many thoughts on how to nurture um, creativity in children, probably of all ages. Um, but as you would approach these summer camps every year, you know, camp is probably a little bit of a different beast than normal school because there's such an emphasis on fun, I would assume. Um, how, how did you, um, how did you build times of creativity or, or motivate the kids, um, to stay creative in their learning processes over the summer in camp? I'm going to answer this in two ways. I'm going to say I've evolved as an educator Um, (laughs) since working at camp. I think my passion has always been to make learning fun. Um, However, I had a clear objective as the camp director, which was to reduce regression. And therefore, I one of the most important things, along with making learning fun, was reinforcing whatever skills they had learned the previous school year. Mm -hmm. And so, and ensuring that college students were being trained to teach. Um, And so with that, the way that I approach camp is different than how I would probably approach it now as I've evolved in my educational philosophy. So the reason I said I'm going to answer this in parts is to just give that disclaimer and more so say how I now Nurture creativity because I I think I value student expression or I valued it then. Every year I try to get more student voice in our programming, but I think I have the, I'm more equipped to facilitate Mm. that type of environment now. So since you you took the angle of MTR camp, I just wanted to 
beats Absolutely. honestly and genuinely about my evolution. Um, but yeah, so several strategies come to mind that I implement now in home and in different uh, yeah. learning environments that I've been able to facilitate more recently. And the first is just making time to take in and reflect on creation. And that can be God-made or man-made. Creativity starts with inspiration. And so I think just beginning with reflecting on what somebody else has already made is step one. And then after inspiration, I think providing a space to be creative and a creative space is beneficial. And I did not repeat myself in my mind. I think those are two different things. By space to be creative, I mean time to imagine. No props necessary, just space to make something from nothing. No direction, full freedom. Mm -hmm. And that space to be creative isn't just limited to physical space. I think it's also space in conversation. And so asking questions and listening and giving room, that's a way to give room for creativity. And that's something I definitely think we did at MTR Camp, just giving students time to share. Um, And so when I say provide creative spaces, what I mean is curating environments with specific materials that cultivate creativity, such as giving access to art supplies. I think of the art project, you know, or theater classes and music lessons. And in tandem with providing spaces to be creative and creative spaces, I think it's important to support a child's interest. And in my latter, I guess, time serving at camp, we we tried our best during, we would have academic time in the morning and then more of enrichment. And towards the end, just focus a lot on providing a lot of opportunity and choice. And mm-hmm. so that I even do at home, looking at what my daughter is interested in, right? And I've realized music and imaginative yeah. play are two ways that she she is just naturally inclined and enjoys to create in those ways. And so we give her time, right? We give her space yeah. to be creative and imaginate as she calls it, which no. is really just imagine, but she calls yeah. I'm imaginating mom. That's a and good word. <laughs> it's cute. And then <laughs> provide we also provide lessons for her to learn piano and then we also just play with sounds together we arrange impromptu songs as a family and everybody has their part and we switch it up and so that joint creativity I think highlights another strategy which is modeling self-expression letting a child see me express myself be creative Mm -hmm produce something, make something. I'm creative. So my daughter has a vision and any child around me has a vision for how they can enjoy the process of making and enjoy the product that has been made. And finally, I've learned that it's important to not immediately sign value to creative expression. I can celebrate effort by asking questions so the child can share about the work that they're producing. And I think this is hopefully a way to eliminate 
the tendency for children to seek approval instead of just develop their ability to express Mm -hmm. themselves and express how they are engaging in a creative process. And so I want my daughter to share with me what she's expressing and whatever thing she's made um, and also learn why she's doing that and hopefully deepen our connection to each other. And so I think about the way that I respond in my language can communicate this. And so instead of saying, wow, that's so pretty and you did a good job, nice work on that. I could say, wow, you spent a significant amount of time I'm highlighting effort. You work hard. You devoted a lot of energy. There's no value statement here, right? Tell me about this. What inspired you to to make this? And so those are ways that I believe we can nurture creativity in children and that I practice now and a little bit back then. (laughs) That is is so good. Um, I, I made so many notes when you were just talking right then. Um, my oldest daughter, Gwen, who's seven, who is currently taking piano is such a, um, she, she wants to, to please us and she wants to please her piano teacher. And, um, I just love the idea of freeing her from whatever measures she's created in her mind about Mm -hmm. practicing perfectly Mm -hmm. to us valuing the time she spent on it, even when it took her longer to wrap her head around music theory or what have you. That is so, so good. Um, And I also just love how when we take a deep breath and let ourselves or our children be inspired, that that time is so productive. And that is really good for me. Um, Mm -hmm. personally to hear because, you know, we don't wake up in the morning typically and just, just go be productive. Like there's usually, or not productive, creative. That's not, our feet don't hit the floor and we go create something. There's a process to our day. There's, we turn on music or um, we read something inspiring in a book that makes us want to write something down or we might even watch a documentary about cooking and feel like now's the time to go try that recipe we haven't tried. You know, there's always something that there's a muse, there's an inspiration there. Um, and so that, I think that's so valuable to think of our children needing that as well mm-hmm. to kind of ruminate mm-hmm. and, and feel that inspiration. Um, so good. So, so good. Can I say something yes. based on what you mentioned for your daughter? Yes. Our one of our church members, Joanna, her mom, I think is her name Honey. Am I yeah, saying honey, that? that's what we honey. call that's what we call her. <laughs> I, I feel like I got a mini uh theory, music theory lesson one time when we had a church gathering and she was there and what she said something to me that stuck and I I'm so grateful because I mm. I think if I hadn't heard her say this, I would have done the opposite. But she said, never tell your child they're practicing to perform if, if, if they're learning an instrument. Like the goal is not for them to get really good so that they can perform. It's more about it, like they can choose their musician first 
and then they can choose oh. to be a performer, but let that be their choice. And so I, I'm imagining that could, it could alleviate some anxiety yes. if you don't, if you're not always being told, well, we recital, think about the recital right. and right. more like, let's just enjoy this craft. Let's enjoy this way, uh, this artistic expression. Yeah. Let's see the beauty in the way this uh, device can create sound and that you can manipulate that sound to make something beautiful and lovely just for your own pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I, my husband and I were t- talking about creativity and just how the Lord, just the how we, when he created in Genesis, I'm jumping forward to the questions, obviously about Do faith, it. but I, I feel like I'm being led yes. you know, that yes. way. But just when I look at Genesis, I see the Lord creating and then reflecting on what he made and assigning his own value statement. But he didn't have a crowd there. We don't see in Genesis a crowd there saying, you know, giving him feedback on what he did. He was just happy with what he did himself. Right, right. You know, and so I think part of that creative process, when I think about myself, when I'm I'm drawing and I paint something and I'm so happy because I'm, I think it's beautiful. And I, I'm like, I'm amazed at what came out of me. You know, I share with my husband or my daughter or my friend, but ultimately I'm happy and, and content and fulfilled in myself and, and what I've produced. And so I think it doesn't always have to be for the performance. It can just be good because you did it, you know, period. Exactly. So yes. anyway. It's process. It's just the process of it rather Mm -hmm. than the perfection or the performance of it. So, so good. Um, How, how do you teach a child or encourage a child, I guess, um, to express themselves diligently um, or, or not diligently, faithfully, how to express themselves faithfully um, while you're also teaching them discipline with a subject? Yeah, I think by valuing that diligent or faithful expression, mm-hmm. if I value it, I'm going to, for me as an educator, build room in our learning time for that to happen. And so when I'm preparing a lesson, and I do this all every time I prepare a lesson, I script what I'm going to teach. Thank you, MTR. Uh-huh. And I also plan for children to have discussion. I plan for time for the children to express themselves. And that's because I believe when a child expresses themselves, they're cementing what they've learned and what mattered to them and whatever they were exposed to. And I think my educational philosophy leans more towards cultivating a desire to learn, which is a lifelong journey. Yes. And so I'm not hyper-focused on children reaching educational benchmarks at a certain time. And so when I think about discipline in a subject, I, the teacher from the public education side of me is like, oh, we're, they have to know this by this time and, and that mastery. And so because I don't, but like, think that way or value that as much it frees me to be more flexible in the classroom see children as individuals and I I think my culture 
is deeply, I know my culture is deeply expressive. And so it's an ingrained value of mine to make room, it, to make room, to make room whenever I'm at home or in a context that's primarily African-American, there's room. It's, it's understood. Everybody has, has, can, if they desire, express themselves how they desire to the collective. And so mastery in the moment when I'm teaching isn't necessarily the biggest goal for me. Learning is. And so I'm interested in having children express themselves. And I think that goes back to that idea of being inspired and providing space to create. Like, I'm going to put this before you. Feast as you will, as Charlotte Mason would like to say. Yes. And then yeah. let me know how good it tasted and whatever, what tasted good to you. And you're, you know, express, yeah. let yeah. me know. Um, I think that there's something too with what you said about when you are expressing, you're cementing uh, mm-hmm. the children, you know, that your students are you. I mean, we are talking about all humans. <laughs> when you're expressing yourself, you're cementing whatever you've experienced. Um, and so that with that, though, comes mastery in the end, because it, and mastery, as we know, takes time. It is a slow, thoughtful process. Um, so maybe it's just from the expression itself comes the quote unquote discipline, um, because those are the things we remember the most, probably, of our education when we I mean, I, I when I think back um, to college the the papers that I remember writing are those that I just, I spent so much good time over the text and I felt like I knew it backwards and forwards and I talked about it in my class and I had discussions with my professors. And so um, I think there's something to that too, that that mastery comes over that slow process of of expression, of, of, of wondering out loud what it really meant to you, how you took it. Um, or putting the pen to pa- the the paintbrush to paper, you know, whatever that is. Yes. So good. Just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Joe Darling Photography. It's all about the moments that truly matter to you. So let's capture them together. You can find out more about Joe Darling at their website, Joe J O Darling, D A R L I N G Photography dot com. I like that phrase, wondering out loud. It's yeah. Beautiful. Oh, that's, that's all, that's what it's about, isn't it? Especially in our homes, that's what we want to cultivate with our kids. I know, I know you feel that way too, like wanting to create a space for Araniah to, to be able to um, take time and wonder out loud. And I, I know sometimes as, um, as a mom, um, my struggle is to just, I really do honestly struggle day in and day out with what I perceive to be productive, especially when it comes to my girls. I, I want the day to count. And so often I, I have to remind myself that that means just allowing time, allowing space, Mm -hmm. taking a walk, you know, letting the inspiration that you were talking about just come to us naturally. Those are the days that mean the most, I think. Um, okay. Another thing that I really admire about you, Candace, is your pursuit of, um, growing in your own education as an adult, um, and how you have, uh, 
found ways to lean into your own personal um, creativity. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about classes you've taken. I know you just did um, a play, a touring show this spring. Um, What do you do to cultivate your own personal creativity? Thank you for asking. I am first, just like I think all people, inspired by creatives. And so I'm Hmm. regularly reading a story, trying a new recipe, uh, be it eating somebody's food. That's <laughs> um, watching live performances, just being amazed at beautiful illustrations and really neat and dynamic hairstyles. Um, so I, I just I, I find myself inspired regularly, daily. And there are many ways that I create because I'm an image bearer of the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. It's in my design is is the case with all humanity. So I'm only going to name a few (laughs) and I'm going to name those that really give me a lot of joy and fulfillment and outlets to express myself. Um, And so one of my favorite ways to be creative is generating discussion one-on-one or in the classroom, I I find so much fulfillment in keeping the conversation going and helping people, as you say, wonder out loud, prompting that. Um, And I do think it is, it's, it's in the moment and I just get happy when I'm like, Oh, I got a good question. Let's, let's keep this going. (laughs) Um, And so that, that's fun. I, I also enjoy crafting a clear and persuasive written message that inspires action. It's when I've written a, a project plan or a really strong email or marketing material, I feel good. And, yes. I, you know, it's one of those moments where, like I was saying earlier, the Genesis mo- one moment mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is good. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I'm creative when I develop characters, like you said, on the stage or even in read alouds. I take that very seriously when I'm reading a book and there are characters that need voices. And I see myself as creating when I clean and tidy and make order out of chaos. I think that it takes a creative mind and from a husband that doesn't necessarily have that gifting, he reminds me this is a creative way, the way my mind thinks about (laughs) space you know and objects and how they fit there that you know there's some creativity there um I create by masterfully designing unique hairstyles for my daughter and myself it is art it is expression it is artistic it is a piece of myself every time I care and create some type of braid or twist out or something with my daughter's hair. It's a joy. It's, it's for me an art form. Um, Also, I really enjoy combining beat with positive affirmations that result in uplifting chants. goes back to my camp days. I I just, I really like to make a beat and, and put some words that are uplifting to that beat. And I do it all the time. <laughs> um, I, I create by, like I said, arranging impromptu songs by remixing music that I love. I just, I like to make the music my own. And I've learned from real musicians that's called arranging. <laughs> and I, I, so I'm, I, I dibble dabble in that. Nothing that I would share, but I enjoy it. And 
recently I picked up drawing and painting. Oh. I really like watercolor. And it's been fun for me to see how fulfilling and enjoyable it is to take something from my brain and use my hands to create something beautiful. And that has never existed before. And then finally, I I create every day in the kitchen. Um, And I think because my daughter has a lot of allergies and because we value a plant-based nourishing whole food lifestyle, there's, um, there's a lot of creativity that has to happen in ensuring that the food that we eat meets all of the standards um, because of our dietary needs. And a key element of creativity is self-expression. And so I I do want to mention that I'm deeply proud of the ways that I'm creative that are rooted in my culture. So the beat making, the hairstyling, the language. I love Black vernacular English. I love it. I love that I know how to speak it. I love how creative it is and how fresh and alive and ever-changing and just beautiful that language is. And I'm happy that that's a part of the community I come from. Um, The types of dances in my culture, those all honor my culture. And I love when I can be creative in those ways that connect to this greater heritage. And like you mentioned, I was afforded the opportunity to share my culture on stage in a show that highlighted the contributions of African-Americans in our greater national story. And it was deeply fulfilling. First, because I've had a desire to act on stage for a minute now as an adult post-college, but I just didn't make the time for that when I was working full-time. So this has been a long-awaited, fulfilled desire. And I've also been a patron of the particular theater that brought me on Hattie Lou Theater for most of my time living in Memphis. So to be a part of their show was a big deal and a a huge honor. Um, And finally, the show toured at schools. It toured at middle and high and elementary schools. And so I was able through performing with that show to combine three things that I deeply value in love, acting, education, and celebrating the African-American experience in our culture. So it was a highlight of this year, probably in my life. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. And a friend of mine told me once, you make time for what's a priority. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it's never too late to pursue a passion or interest. I, I am a learner to the core of who I am. If there's something I want to know, if there's something I want to do, I'm, I'm going to pursue it. And I, I'm a grateful that I have a husband who supports me and he steps up. He really yeah. does. We've always, from the beginning, had a home where we share responsibility in taking care of our home, taking care of our daughter, in all regards, we're partners. And so my life's desires didn't stop because I became a wife and mother. If anything, I just gained a team to join me in this journey of we're pursuing all the things, you know? Yes. That is so good. I love all that, Candace. I I, um, agree with you that 
I, Caleb is this, he's, he's the same way. He's so supportive. And I feel like um, it's so good to be a wife and a mom and to see and to be able to experience your life growing, not getting smaller, but getting larger, even after you've had children, because like you said, you just have a team now to travel with or explore with or to do those things with. Um, and um, I'm hearing you talk about performing with um, Hattie Lou's production just reminded me of what a gift it is when we, when we um, are afforded. I, I, I truly believe it's just a gift from God. He knows when we need those moments of refreshment um, and of being able to um, be creative in those ways that we've always dreamt of being created, creative. Or, um, you know, for me, I, I did theater s- for such a huge part of my life and then put it on the shelf. And when I've been able to revisit it recently, it just felt like this incredibly gracious gift from him. Mm. And it's something that you just don't take for granted. It just fills you up, you know, and it stays with you for a really long time when you've done something that you really feel fulfilled by. Um, so I just, I love that. I, I agree with what you say of the joy that with which you describe it, because there is nothing like that. Um, especially when you have a bucket list item, you know, (laughs) that you see come to fruition. And, you know, uh, when we first started talking, you mentioned um, self-expression, modeling self-expression, and what an incredible way to model that for your daughter. She, did, was she able to see your performance or? She was. She She was. was. Oh, (laughs) what a memory for her though, to be able to see her mother do this and the fact that you created the time in your life to do it, you showed her that you were capable of doing that, that you got to um, express yourself in front of her in that way that was so new for her, I'm sure. I mean, I know she's used to you um, acting when you do read alouds or at home, but, you know, being able to get up on a stage with cast members. I just think that that's phenomenal. That's so valuable to our girls or for our children in general, for them to see us, um, to do that. So, and I need to celebrate your family in that vein. One, just the idea of that modeling. I mean, first you, as I was about to pursue, this endeavor you were so affirming and sharing your experience and so I I appreciate you as a model of a mom wife trying to manage a family and a full-time you know gig and I'm grateful for you being honest with me about how you made it work and really inspiring me and making it very evident that I could do it. So I thank you for that. And what's funny is another affirmation goes to the man probably listening upstairs and preparing to edit this (laughs) because that wasn't the first time Erin Ayo had seen me, you know, in front of an audience because of the choir um, opportunity. I I think she's kind of like, oh, this mom does this. You know, she likes to be in front of people. And I'm just so grateful for that way, you know, to express myself musically and 
vocally um, through that experience and for my daughter to see us in practice and um, preparing for this moment to bless people with our gifts. And I I think I just want to mention that she, as you were talking, I was just thinking, well, it is great for her to see me, but really she said, she set the, I guess, uh, standard. She was first out the gate. She had her little performance last summer with Playhouse Memphis. And so I was the audience member and then got to see her. And I'm just grateful that we can support each other's giftings and feed off of each other in that way. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. We, so just to fill in my listeners, um, we did a, our church did a joint Christmas concert, um, last Christmas with, um, another larger church in our area. And Candace and I both got to be part of, um, the choir, which had you ever been, you'd been in a choir before. Oh yes, honey. Yeah. This university yeah. choir. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I had been in a choir in college. So it had been a few years for both of us. And I think you and I've smiled from the moment rehearsal started to the moment the concert was over. <laughs> because still we smiling just, now. <laughs> yeah. Still smiling about it. We enjoyed the heck out of the entire experience. Um, and it was just such a good way to, um, to do something that either both of us hadn't done in a long time. And I just felt um, such joy over the Christmas season getting to do that. But we also, um, we also collaborated with a children's program at our church and our small little congregation with the children celebrating Advent. And um, <laughs> I, I think that's when I really... Um, became so impressed with your beats <laughs> because Candace, to this day, when our kids, when we go over John three sixteen, we start with, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, <laughs> that whosoever believes in him should not die, but have eternal life. And we will do that for the rest of our lives. <laughs> so I need you to create a beat for every verse of the Bible. <laughs> I love to do that. I, in my my heart, I'm like, why isn't there like a hip hop? There's so many versions of the Bible. I'm like, or just my dream. This I didn't say that, but that's part of what I want. I have so many creative, I guess, ideas that uh-huh. are still to be revealed. And one of them is a hip hop version of memory verses because that's how I learned to I learned I memorized scripture through song and I believe you know recitation with rhythm it sticks and I'm just like where where, who is this Lecrae you know (laughs) propaganda when are y'all gonna come out with the hip-hop verses you know where it's like memory verses but with Hip hop flavor. So one day I'll collaborate with some crazy hip hop artists, and it'll happen. Please do because that's what we need. Because it works. Those those songs from Christmas are the ones that my five year old still remembers. You know, so it that it makes such a difference, and it makes it so fun. And we all can do it together. We all can. Uh, just that's the way to do it. So please work on that. 
in your spare time? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I guess this is like affirming back and forth, but I, I have to thank you too for creating such a beautiful and giving Erin out the role of Mary. I mean, oh. obviously as a mom, I'm just so grateful, but I just, <laughs> that was just so sweet of you. But I think her, having a week, four weeks to be in front of an audience, mm-hmm. it did something for my daughter. She was mm-hmm. so nervous. I mentioned the Playhouse Camp, but she was so nervous and you could barely hear her voice on yeah. stage. But from that moment in the summer to Advent with you, four weeks of standing in front of our congregation and sharing, by the time Erin Ayo found herself at her end of the semester poetry recitation event, I was like, who is this child up here projecting, looking at the audience, enunciate, like the, the child that runs around my house with full personality Mm -hmm. was finally seen on a stage. Mm. And I, I definitely believe that believe that practice at church. And we talked about this before that the church for me growing up and for so many people is really the place where that artistic creativity is nurtured. Yes. It's those opportunities to do Christmas pageants and Easter shows and sing in the children's choir. Those are the moments where we learn how to perform in front of an audience. And it's a supportive audience and the message is powerful and Christ-centered. So that's just beautiful in its own right. But I, I'm just so grateful for that our children through the local body yes. had that experience. Yeah, that's the way to start. It just is. Like you said, it it brings us back to our our foundational purpose of worshiping God. And it it pulls us closer as a community. And just for practical reasons, they're always gonna love you. <laughs> so <laughs> you're yeah. not you're not gonna mess up the pressure, even though we want to do everything with excellence, of course. Um, they're, they're going to love you. And so there's just a comfort in that, especially for our little, our little kids that aren't used to being up in front of people, you know, when you can look out and see the smiles and know that, you know, they're, they're going to be gracious no matter what. And God is going to be glorified no matter what. Um, that's the place to start. It really is. I've become more and more convinced of that. Um, so Speaking of faith and creativity, one last question for you. Um, when you look back at your life, um, who has, and it can be more than one person, but it doesn't have to be, who do you look at as your major inspiration as a mentor um, of the faith and of the arts? Who, who is that for you? This, was, this is hard for me. I didn't, I honestly, I haven't landed, but as you ask the question now, given what we just talked about and some of the things that I mentioned previously, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking my parents, which sounds, Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, I, you know, they're, yeah, my parents, um, yeah. And I say that because I'm just going to say this. You can edit this out. But the question that you asked about where does faith and creativity intersect? 
my response was it intersects with I'm just gonna say my response so I love to be creative with my words and I find that when I'm in a space of worship I'm inspired to affirm others my most thoughtful notes come out when I'm in a place of meaningful worship and praise with the Lord and I'm always struck by how my reflect my reflections on my creator cultivates in me a desire to create and celebrate his creation even more by encouraging people and so with that my mom the you know when i think about my discipleship journey she's the the one of the first disciplines spiritual disciplines i learned was worship and i learned it from her and my dad is the best musician i think He's like up there in my mind with Stevie Wonder. He's just very talented. And I think Stevie Wonder is the best musician on the planet. <laughs> but um, aside from the Jubilee Singers, rest in peace. I'm saying on the planet right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, I just, I grew up. It's funny. My mom would not place herself properly as a creative, but she is. And I think that because the like, I think the most genuine God-inspired creativity, like I said, comes from a place of worship. And I even said, arranging my own songs. Many of those mm-hmm. songs are worship songs, right? So, I mean, my mom, she inspired that. And my mom's a storyteller. She's always been a storyteller. And it's something she does now. And I think she's owning it more. Erin Ayo and her imaginating. My mom is the main one that'll get on FaceTime with her and they will go to the moon quite figuratively, literally, you know, like they will be in their own creative world, making up any and every adventure possible and enjoying it fully. And so I think just probably my ability to develop stories and yeah, make characters come alive is probably from watching her. And so, yeah, I say my mom, my dad being the more known artist because of his musicianship um and then yeah I I would say both of them and then when I think about there are two women that they they, they've taught me two very important things I almost want to say three um I think Lois Dean Sparks my my um pastor from childhood she valued children expressing themselves right and so I think having a church environment that said y'all want to mime you go mime you want to do praise dance all right you know like whatever whatever the thing was she let us you were gonna you wrote a song come sing in front of the church baby you know like just very we're gonna we're gonna do skits we're gonna so she just created an artistic environment a way for us to serve God with our gifts and so that's inspiring you know mm-hmm. giving giving that room and valuing that valuing yeah. children's like truly valuing it so much that you purposely involve it in your community gathering is yes. that's high value and it's rare it is that's wonderful it's so special yeah, yeah. it's so special that she would do that yeah. and Jumping back to my mom, even as I say that, and I'll get to the other two women in a moment, but my mom even like, <laughs> I mean, my mom was my dancing with the praise dance stuff. So I'm just like laughing at all the creative moments, but like I said, words for me. So I say 
I said worship and then this affirmation, but also my mother to the criticism, uh, or I guess she was criticized a lot by people because of the way she parented us, particularly in allowing her girls to have a voice. Mm -hmm. She believed we were full humans Mm -hmm. from childhood and she always gave us a voice. And so I'm, regularly celebrated you said it even the beginning you're so thoughtful in how you speak Mm -hmm. you know and it's like that's because I had a mom that let me practice since I was a wee one (laughs) you know like she she just she let me express myself and my sisters we express ourselves passionately sometimes a bit aggressively but we know how to express ourselves we're not timid and like letting people know how we feel and what we're thinking so kudos to mom. Yes. Um, and then, so yeah, Miss, Miss Sparks with creating that space. And um, then Jaira was, is my campus minister from college. And I, I love Jaira because she always m- was modeled this devotion to the Lord. She was a campus minister, but she loved to act. And every opportunity, be it a skit during one of our, you you know, our campus nights or the way that she read the Bible or told a story about what God was teaching her, just watching her even now do commercials and go into voiceover work. I think I just always had this beautiful model of an African-American woman so devoted to her Lord mm-hmm. and willing and to pursue the passion at any point, even if, you know, it was, I think we'd had a conversation like she was older and she's like, people don't really go into this profession at this time, but I'm going to do it, you know? And so I just, I think just she models for me, it's never too late. It's never too late. And even it is never too late in that you can go big at any moment, but also look for the small opportunities that are around you Yes, to, yes. to, to, to walk in that gifting and, and desire and um, yeah, share that with others. And then finally, and I think if, I'm going to have her listen to this and she's going to laugh. She's like, Candace, you mean me? <laughs> but I think it's Christy. Her name is Christy Bicknell. And she yes. was my employee. Oh, we, you know oh, we Christy. Know, I yeah. know her. Yeah. Yes. Christy. Christy yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think Christy, she's, she's always been a cheerleader for me. And I'm getting emotional saying this, but. I think very early, I mean, that was the beginning of my career, MTR, and coming out of college and graduate school. And she just showed me how to be confident in what you bring to the table. And I think it goes kind of with my mom thing, like express yourself. And my profession, I mean, program design, and it's all about even education. These are, this is a field recruitment. I have to really... I'm a salesperson, you know, and so just all of these, I have to be creative in the moment when I'm interacting with people. Um, And she just was steady in affirming me. And so I think just confidence. She just told me, be confident in the gift that you have. And I just celebrate that. So those are just a few. I mean, 
I feel like the question is very focused and there are a couple points that I just made. And so I chose a few people to highlight. Why do I say that like that? Because one thing about me is I have so many mentors and I'm deeply inspired by other people. So I could talk a very long time about a lot of other people. That's why in the beginning I said, this is hard because so many people inspire me and have shaped and mentored me in the faith. And yes, as a creative, but those are just a few, just a few, um, that have taught me very specific things. I'm, I'm really thankful that, um, you mentioned your mom who you said probably wouldn't identify herself as a quote unquote creative, right? Mm -hmm. And probably Christy has not thought of herself as that in your life. But I think that's so, so poignant because I do feel like a lot of people shy away from calling themselves creatives when they should. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand how, um, I love what you said earlier, when you write a great email or a great marketing plan, that that just fulfills you because you were creative and you used a gift that's very specific that God's given you and um, you were purposeful in it and intentional in it. And that is creativity. And I think that we overlook that a lot. We think that it has to look like something. It has to look like being a ballerina or being a musician or, um, and it's not. It's not that all the time. And so I love that some of the people that have inspired you the most are not um, professional creatives, you know. I think that's really important for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, That's wonderful. I, I, as every time we sit down and talk, which is not nearly enough as it should be, have enjoyed this chat so much, Candice. Praise God. Thank you so much for... Again, just being so thoughtful and um, and bringing so many good, wise thoughts um, about what it means to be a worshiper and um, an educator, because we all are, whether or not we <laughs> we self-identify as educators, we are um, to somebody in our life, and um, and what it, it means to to seek that creativity and that beauty and that honesty and goodness around us all the time. So you are an inspiration to me and I'm so, so thankful that you, that you did this for me. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And I really, it's always fun to think about deeply about things. And so Mm -hmm. I will, I'm grateful uh, because I'm enriched by this conversation and the ideas that you brought to the forefront of my mind. And I salute and celebrate you for pursuing something that you've desired to do. I think this podcast is creative and special and uniquely you. And I am excited to see how God uses it to continue to bless people as you do personally in your own interactions with others. Thank you, Candace. I love you. And I'm thankful for your friendship. (laughs) Thank you. Love you much. Thank you so much, Candace, for sitting down with me, taking some time out of your precious evening and having a conversation that not only encouraged your friend, but hopefully encouraged all of you our listeners today. It was such a joy and a privilege. 
Again, thank you to Joe Darling Photography for sponsoring this episode of the Scatterbook Podcast. I hope that you'll all go check out their website at joedarlingphotography.com. Whether or not you have an event coming up or you need um, a family photo session, I know you're going to enjoy their imagery. So give them, um, give them a look. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Scatterbook Podcast.